Hello Detroit, hello Pistons fans, this is the Sports Ethos Pistons Podcast. I'm your host Joey Gadaris. you can find me three times a week on sportsethos.com, sending in pods, you can also find me on Twitter at Ethos Pistons. Today we're going to talk about just one game, Pistons and Trailblazers, it was last night, November 30th, that the Pistons pick up their 17th loss on the season, their 7th loss in a row to a team, the Trailblazers, that came in 10-11, and 11, missing their star player, Damian Lillard, for this contest. He set out for rest. And under the tutelage of first-year head coach Chauncey Billups, of course, champion with the Pistons as a player and a, a fan favorite still in Detroit. And in talking about this game, we can talk about the outcome. We can talk about sort of the game script, how it went. Um, and that's that's one entity. That's you know put that to one side, and on the other side we can talk about the actually exciting things, the things that you tune into Pistons games to watch, right? You're not exactly tuning in for outcomes. If the Pistons were a team that would win games, they'd have a completely different roster. The roster is simply not built to win games. But I think we're starting to see more and more the gelling and the separation that the core three players are creating between themselves and the rest of the roster. And even within that core three, Cade Cunningham is still in a tier all his own at the top. And this was one of Cade's best games, and certainly his best game shooting the ball. Cade has 26 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. Shooting 77%, 10 of 13, 5 threes. He gets to the line only once for two shots, misses one. But the Cade that we had gotten to know earlier in the season, who had an array of moves, could work into the paint, could take you baseline, could you know step out and hit a three, he was back. He disappeared a little bit in the absence of Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes, and I think Cade really, really likes playing with Killian Hayes. So maybe this is a bounce back and sort of a, a boon from that return. Killian was good in this game, and uh, you know this is his second game back from injury. But 26 points on 13 shots, 10 made. That's 77% overall, 5 of 7 from 3. That's elite efficiency for any NBA player. Um, he was the best player on the floor. If you want to see why he is an elite number one prospect, go watch the highlights of Cade from this game. Do not watch the game highlights. There's not much else to see. But yeah, Cade was pure. I'm watching the highlights right now. Every shot is nothing but net, straight in. Um, he looks like a, you know multi-year veteran at this point uh we know this is an outlier game we know he hasn't been this good ever in his career this was a career high he had one similar game where he had 25 points and five threes overall you know he doesn't do this night in night out but the glimpses are so fun aren't they and i also think Cade broke out of a defensive slump here in a big way one steal three blocks on the game 
The blocks were huge, important, timely, um, amazing to avoid fouling, you know, like just mature plays. He seemed really locked in on both ends, high energy, and yeah, he loves a chase down block. I love a chase down block. In the third quarter when the Pistons were struggling in this game, an amazing, probably my highlight of the game, an amazing play by Cade. Chase down, Roko's on like a fast break, going up for a dunk. Cade somehow blocks it and strips it at the same time. The ball stays in play, gets kicked ahead to Killian Hayes in the corner for a three. One of the only made baskets for the Pistons in that third quarter, a third quarter in which they get sort of wiped out of this game. Um, That's a common theme for the Pistons. But again, I said we're going to talk about outcome. We're going to leave that to one side. Let's keep focusing on the really interesting stuff, the core three. Um, And... Another guy who I thought was really engaged, aggressive, Killian Hayes. Of course, backcourt partner to Cade, back from a thumb injury last game. So this is his second game back. And Killian has 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. No steals and no blocks in this game, which is surprising. I do feel like you know another guy who gets robbed of steals and assists, Killian. But 8 shots total. I love to see eight shots from Killian. He does hit that three that I just mentioned. And he's four of four from the free throw line. He put Anthony Simons in jail on one play, causing a turnover that doesn't come up as a steal. But, you know, he's just such a good aggressive defender when he needs to be. And he's a great passer. Um, His sling pass to set up a Cade slam, really, really a highlight for me. It's fun to see Cade get a slam dunk. He doesn't do that very much. Um, and it's fun to see them play together. And I think since Killian has come back, um, it's it's given a lot more life and a lot more energy to Cade. And I think they're rubbing off on each other. You know, they're playing similar styles now. Um, and they're almost becoming interchangeable. Of course, Cade has that extra offensive gear. But um, they know that. You know, they know they're not exactly the same player. And it's exciting to see them develop more and more chemistry as we go forward. And for Killian to be more aggressive on offense and more willing to shoot, something that I think he's getting from Cade. Finally, within the core three, I also want to mention the first double-double of the season for Isaiah Stewart. He has 15 points, 14 rebounds, one assist, and a block. Great game for Isaiah. Some outlier things happened as well. Seven of eight from the free throw line. Really strong for Isaiah. He's more like a 60% shooter. So for him to go 7 of 8 is huge. I also want to say that of those 14 rebounds, 16 or 16, 6 were offensive rebounds. Really strong um, you know, second chance opportunities on the offensive end created by energy and just a knack for knowing where to be, where the ball is going to go. Um, you know, it's sort of a lucky thing as well, but you, you got to get lucky sometimes, especially as a young player. And I, I just want to say that Isaiah, one one thing that I've wanted him to improve this year is his hands, his passing, his sure-handedness, right? Finishing plays, but also keeping them alive. And there were a couple plays early in the game that I thought highlighted uh, perhaps some progress from Isaiah. Some passes from Cade, some kick-ahead passes that had some had some oomph to them, you know, maybe maybe a bit too heady with these. Right, Cade did have six turnovers in this game, and he has a tendency for 
a boneheaded pass, to be honest. But there were a couple plays in this game that Isaiah, I thought, saved, including uh, one where you know this pass was hopelessly kicked ahead. Isaiah running the floor like a wide receiver, full-out sprint, catches the ball with one little hop under the hoop, puts it up, draws the foul. Great play by Isaiah. And you love to see them pick each other up like that, right? Saving a bad pass from Cade and turning it into two points. And yeah, I just think these are the three star players from this game for the Pistons. They also happen to be the three 20-year-olds on the roster. And it's becoming more and more clear that though the starting five is exciting and young, the core three is really the restoration at this point. Um, and And I say this, you know, not gleefully, not happy that Sadiq Bey, uh, in a real, real rut right now, he has two points in this game, one made basket. It is a nice little crafty uh, lay-in, but he's shooting 35% on the year, 26% in his last four games. Um, what can you say for Sadiq? He's not hitting threes. The playmaking, he has five assists in this game, so that is interesting. That is the way that he can keep himself on the floor. In the previous game, he also shot 22%, but had 11 rebounds and three steals. So again, if he can do those other things, I think he justifies staying on the floor. But his minutes are falling a little bit. They are really high in general, 32 minutes a night um, for the season, but last four games, 29 minutes a night. And I agree with that. If he can't hit a shot, he can't be on the floor. To this point in the season, way too many Pistons moves on offense have ended with the ball in the hands of Sadiq or Jeremy, who slow everything down. I mean, they are different. Jeremy has a different style than Sadiq. But I would say Sadiq, you know, he slows things down and he just kind of jacks up a shot. He's not good at creating space for himself. Um, he doesn't have like a bag, uh, definitely not from behind the arc. I don't know where his three pointers have gone over the last four games. He's averaging one, three per game last year as a rookie, he averaged two and a half threes a game. So that is completely gone as of late. And that is something that the Pistons desperately need. They're turning as of late to Frank Jackson, who I do believe is a decent three point shooter maybe the most reliable three-point shooter on the team. And they're turning their sights to Trey Lyles, which is an absolute joke. Um, But in this game, the Pistons are 9 of 35 from 3. They're 25% from 3. Jeremy and Sadiq both are 0 of 4 from 3. Like I said, Cade had five threes. Frank had two. Corey and Killian each have one, and that's it. So really lackluster. I think, again, on my last show, I talked about Trey Lyles because I said, you know, we might have just seen the best passage of play from Trey all year. So I'll talk about him while I can. He was horrible here. 25% shooting 0 of 3 from 3. Um, I never want to see Trey Lyles shoot a 3 ever again. Please stop insisting that he's a stretch big. He's not. He's not big and he can't stretch. So I don't know what you're talking about. And in this game, I have to also mention Jeremy Grant and and Sadiq Bey, Trey Lyles, and Jeremy Grant having a contest to see who can put on the uglier offensive display. Jeremy, in 35 minutes, he shoots 29% on 14 attempts, zero made threes, six of seven from the free throw line for 14 points, three rebounds, three assists, 
one block, five turnovers. He's a negative seven on-off split. And, yeah, I mean, Jeremy obviously physically offers something that no one else on the team does at, you know, 6'8", 6'9", however big he is, um, with extreme length, right? His, his limbs are super long. The help side block in this game was huge. He's been a consistent defensive player his entire career. So that part is unquestioned. But the offense can be extremely ugly. There are games when he scores 35, right, like against the Lakers last time out. And then there's games like this where, you know, a lot of plays end with Jeremy Grant. Either turning the ball over, drawing a foul, or missing a shot. And those drawn fouls are a lot of times just really ugly drives to the hoop that are saved by foul calls. You know, I'm not sure if these are exactly fouls. He's clearly trying to draw them. As long as he's able to do that, it's a positive thing. You know, 6 of 7 from the line is right in line with his season averages, and that's strong. But the way that he gets to the line, I think it really gums up the offense. But it doesn't have to be this way. You know, he doesn't have to ISO so much. He doesn't have to dribble as much as he does. There was a nice play in this game that I want to highlight where um, Cade, you know, he's standing above the three-point line, top of the key, with the ball. Jeremy runs from the baseline and catches a nice crisp pass around the free throw line where he curls, leaps, you know, curls into a jump shot. Um, and that was really pretty. It went right in. It made me think, you know, Jeremy, obviously with his super long limbs, when he elevates and he's like leaning back even a little bit, no one in the world can stop this shot. No one can block this. You know, he can truly get to places that are special. But he doesn't get there by dribbling for 10 seconds. You know, he gets there by being in motion, being in a dynamic offense where he can catch and shoot, catch and curl, elevate, and do it without having to make the play himself. Right? So totally miscast as the number one offensive option on the team. Continues to be the guy taking the most shots on the team. Here, he barely beats Cade by one shot. Um, but, yeah, I think if those attempts come down, and if he and Cade can gel, he could really benefit Cade and continue to really benefit the team on both ends. But for now, I think he's more so defense than offense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see him fitting in on so many good playoff teams. And that's why it's like really tempting to think of a million trade scenarios for Jeremy. Don't rule him out. You know, everyone's talking about it that he's a trade potential trade target. Um, I'm curious to see what we could get for Jeremy. I love him a lot, but uh, I think he would just fit better on a better team. You know, he wouldn't be the number one offensive option. He would really shine. He's proven what he needed to prove. I think. He can be a high-volume player streakily, but he can do it. We get it. Great. Point made. Now go win a championship. What are you doing? You know, The Nuggets are really hurt right now. They might take him back. <laughs> but I don't want Michael Porter Jr. I, I would take Bones Highland, though. Bones and Jamal Murray for Jeremy Grant. <laughs> to return to the game and to finish talking about it, um, what happened? It was a pretty standard Pistons game, to be honest. 
in the first quarter, there's a few lead changes. They keep it close, and it slowly slips away after that. Um, both teams shoot horribly in the first half. It's 54-45 at halftime. And in the third quarter, 29-17, lopsided run for the Trailblazers, and there it goes. Um, McCollum, Simons, McLemore were good, you know, but inefficient. It was just a high-volume shooting affair tonight, basically. Um, Nurkic was dominant inside, played 27 minutes, really bullied Stu a little bit. Um, he's just so big and strong. Like it showed, <laughs> it did kind of show how uh, how much size you're giving up when you're playing Stu at the five. Not to say Stu isn't big. He looks big, but then you get a big guy like Nurkic in there and he can really throw his weight around. Um, he also passed well. I thought Nurkic looked very good. Um, and one other thing I want to say is no Saban Lee tonight, and that's really disappointing. Um, this game had lineups of Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder, and Trey Lyles all sharing the floor, and no Saban Lee. He was a do-not-play-coach's-decision, so he's on the bench, couldn't get in the game, despite being the leading scorer in the G League this year. Um, yeah, but you know, in that fourth quarter, Cade gets three of four from three. He has 12 points and three rebounds with the block, um, and that was when the Trailblazers kind of threw in their end-of-bench players and Kate could really get going again. Love to see that. I love when teams just throw out their worst players against us. You know, like the Pistons play the Suns next tomorrow on Thursday, December 2nd. Suns are the best team in the NBA. They just beat the, the other best team, the Warriors, last night. Um, so, you know, this could be a rest night for some Suns. That'd be cool. Or we get to play the full strength best team in the NBA. And see how that goes. At the very least, with the Suns matchup, you really only have to worry about the size of Aiton. Chris Paul's an interesting matchup for our backcourt. Devin Booker as well, although I'm not sure if he's hurt or not. Anyway, that's what we're looking forward to is that Suns game. We're barely looking forward to it. And I think I'm going to wrap it up there. At 18 minutes and a half, I'm trying to keep these shorter. Um, you know, I get to what I get to, and we'll see where I get next time. We'll see where the Pistons get. And until next time, see ya.